Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. The Knicks, they've, they've made a habit out of it this season, Alex. Another three-game winning streak, a 111-96 victory over the Lakers and against his former team, Julius Randle, as he oft does when he's gotten a chance to play the Lakers, absolutely shined. Yeah, he torched them. It was a fantastic game for Julius Randle. Also, probably Alfred Payton's best game of the season. Uh, a rarity where we're going to be singing his praises on this show. And we'll also talk a little bit about Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel, how they influence things on defense, and maybe a little bit about the playoff picture because the Knicks are now back over 500 and things are starting to maybe take shape a little bit in the East as far as the playoff picture. So we'll talk about all that next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Alex and I this week, probably Thursday at 5.30. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. But that'll... Let's nail it down. Thursday at 5.30. I think it All works. Right. No game. Part of games on Wednesday and Friday. I think that's the time. Once All again. All right. Lock it in. Lock it in. All right. So join us Thursday at 5.30 to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. It's been a lot of fun the last few weeks. Uh, Last week, I think we actually set a record for the number of people joining us to get in on the conversation. Uh, Remember, if you join us, at least as of so far, I can't can't give a guarantee every week so far, we have not knocked anyone off. Everyone who's joined has or and chosen to talk has eventually appeared in the actual podcast. So Really fun opportunity. Um, the better part is just in the moment having the conversation. It's really, really been a lot great and a whole lot of fun. But today, Alex, we got we to gotta talk about another fun topic. But first, I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster in non-pandemic times. Got my first assignment coming up in two weeks uh, since the start of COVID. But until that time, I'm just a meager podcast host, Alex Wolf, the editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, The Strickland. And he is with me right now. Alex, a 111-96 victory for the Knicks over the Lakers. This one was competitive throughout most of the game until the Knicks pulled away late third quarter. Never really relinquished their lead. The Lakers made a mini run or two. But the combination of the Knicks' two golden gooses, Julius Randle, and of course our favorite, Alfred Payton, enough to put them away down the stretch. Where do you want to start in this one, Alex? I mean, obviously with Julius Randle, right? Oh, like, I, I really thought you were going to end that with Alfred Payton, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alfred had a good game and had a team-high plus 27, so we'll shout that out first. But no, nah, man, Julius Randle, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, a block. The only blemish on his record was uh, 7 turnovers, but it's tough to really care. I mean, it's obvious that he came out in this game. He even said so much, you know, in a... I don't remember the exact quote, but basically he got asked during media availability uh, over the last couple of days. I guess it was this morning. Uh, it seems like days are just fusing together at this point. But uh, I guess he got asked earlier today, like, 
how do you feel about, uh, you know, going up against the Lakers? And he was just straight up like, oh, I always bring it extra for them because, you know, they were the team that drafted me and they let me go and whatever. And so, uh, yeah, he definitely did that in this game. Shot 13 to 23 overall. Um, I thought that, you know, he came out and just was on fire to start. And I found it kind of interesting that the last two games, I mean, granted, they've both been Knicks wins. So maybe the Lakers just figured, eh, we'll try something different because clearly this isn't really working. But the last two games, Randall hadn't been shooting that great because he was just facing relentless double teams and pressure every time he touched the ball. And in this game, it just kind of seemed like the Lakers were like, no, we're only going to go one-on-one with you and we'll let you beat us. And, you know, if uh, if you want to, you know, try to get it to other people, then we're going to try to shut that down. And Julius was just like, okay, well, if you're going to put single coverage on me, I'm just going to cook you all day. And it didn't really matter who he was up against. I mean, he was, uh, he had Kyle Kuzma on him for a bit, which that one, I wonder if that one, if we're talking about, personal grudges uh, as far as Randall's concerned with the Lakers, you know, Kuzma was sort of like the guy that they chose over Randall when it came time, when LeBron got there, it was like, Oh, we're not going to resign you Julius because LeBron's coming. And they ultimately just signed a whole bunch of weird role players that first year that didn't really make a ton of sense and let Randall walk. And in, in a way sort of chose Kyle Kuzma. So Seemed like Randall kind of took that personal, uh, was draining on him. He was, you know, anytime he got a switch, he was taking advantage of that. He, down the stretch of the game, just absolutely abused Andre Drummond a few times where Drummond would get switched on to him. And he, like, hit a pull-up in his face at one point. Uh, I think he drove in on him at another point or two and and got, like, a foul call. Um, just a really good all-around game for Julius as far as scoring you know, it was it was one of those where he clearly had his mind on getting getting some points up in this one more so than than like looking to distribute. But I think it's because he just kind of felt free by the fact that the Lakers said, "Okay, we're only going to single cover you this whole game," and so he just took advantage and just went ahead and scored a whole bunch of points. Yeah, and I mean, it got it got started early for Julius. He ultimately finished with thirty four points, but. Two stretches really stood out to me. The beginning of the game where he ripped off a quick, I can't remember, it was either 12 or 13, and then the end of that third quarter, but start of the game, hits a three, then a two from the elbow. His classic turnaround fader uh, going right. His footwork on those is just insane because he, he can turn over either shoulder and hit it. Um, always finds a way to get back to that left hand and with his ability to create room with the step back, with the threat of his drive and his ability to, to really generate some backwards momentum as he fades away. It, it's become a deadly, I mean, almost unstoppable shot. Like, I know, I know LeBron's gotten to the point where, where he really has that in the toolbox, but I, I can't really think of another guy who was as physically overwhelming as Randall is that also has that fadeaway. And it's, it's just such a good combo. Um, and, and then he just starts to work in the counters, like starts off in the post-extended, has the isolation, and it's the ability to get to a spot. And like Randall at this point has the awareness that despite the fact that he's probably coached his entire life, hey, hey, big guy, get around the rim, stay around the rim, get to the basket at all costs. He, he, he says, you know what, occasionally, because when I see how a defense is looking against me, especially with Alfred Payton in there, Alex, so there's already less spacing on the floor. Um, I know I, I need to actually go away from the basket on this play, which is counterintuitive. But it is the best option sometimes when you don't have ideal spacing. So he starts in the post extended, isolates, 
step back all the way to the foul line, drains a jumper from there. Next time, same step back, but he throws in a counter. Instead of shooting it, pump fake, uh, Markeith Morris bites hard on it. Uh, Randall goes up two free throws. Step back, draws another foul. Um, and and it, was, it, it, was, it was a lot like that the entire first quarter. Had another really nice play early in the second where he was double teamed. And we said this a lot early in the year, but I want to keep noting it because it's such a positive development from him relative to last season. Um, Lakers swarm him. He, he just keeps his dribble alive, doesn't really freak out or anything. Cross-court dime to RJ. RJ, really cold shooting game for the most part, missed the three, but doesn't change how good the pass was. Um, I, I really like that play where um, Dennis Schroeder tried to tried to flop and Randall just kept his dribble alive because you sometimes see guys like freak out expecting a call. Randall said, no whistle. I'm just going to keep going. Got to the rim and, um, and laid it in. Then uh, let's go ahead to that third quarter. Um, one of my favorite plays of the whole game, double teams again, just keeps the ball on a string, keeps it alive, waits, waits, waits. Nerlens Noel bails him out, cuts baseline, pass to Noel. Noel by some miracle catches it, swing over to Alfred Payton, cutting to the basket, layup. Tic-tac-toe passing, gorgeous sequence. And then Randall, last three shots of the third, back to back to back. Gets stripped going up for a shot. Somehow able to, to rip the ball back and recover it. Um, realizes the shot clock is dwindling. Pirouettes, back to the left side of the elbow. Jumper, cash, got it. Comes back down, hits a three. And, and then a little put back on a Derrick Rose miss. Three straight to end the third. Turnaround and one to open the fourth. It was 97-87 at that point, and that was that was essentially the game for the Knicks. So just just a sequence, Alex, of high level shot making in this one for Julius Randle. Yeah, and and quite frankly, a just another masterful performance in a season full of them. Uh, but I'm gonna take us to our first break here, Gavin. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Gavin, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We will be, as we said, hosting rooms for Locked On Knicks once a week, and this week, once again, we will be doing that uh, on Thursday, 5.30 Eastern Time. And yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Again, be sure to join us this week. We will be hosting a room on Thursday at 5.30 Eastern Time. So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Alex Wolf and follow Gavin at Gavin Shaw to be notified when our room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. We're planning, again, to be live this week, Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Knicks. See you all there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. And locker room's changing how we talk sports. Rock Auto is changing the way that you fix your car. That's right. RockAuto.com is the place to go if you need the best price on auto parts for your car or truck. It's a family-owned business. You don't have to deal with those sometimes... uh, borderline rude probing questions from the people at the desk at the auto parts store anymore. 
You don't have to deal with the high prices that they hit you with. You don't have to deal with the long lead times to get your parts where they say, oh, okay, well, you know, we don't have it in stock today. We're going to order it in. It'll be here in three, four days. You can come back to the store to come pick your part up. And then you have to drive it all the way back home and then do your work probably a week after you wanted to. No, with rockauto.com, you can plan ahead. You can order your part. It gets delivered right to your door so you don't have to worry about driving back to a store. You get the lowest possible price for your part for your car or truck because they're not, they don't have one of those brick and mortar auto part stores. They don't have to pay all those employees to try to upsell you on everything and all this other stuff. They just ship things directly to your house from their website, rockauto.com, where it is super easy to access your parts that you need for your car or truck. It's basically just a, a big list of all the makes of car. When you go to rockauto.com, click on your make, then click on the year, the model, the trim package, and then select whatever part it is you need and get it delivered right to your door with best-in-class customer service from a family-owned business that's been doing this for over 20 years. So if you want to check out the parts available for your car or truck, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available and maybe pull the trigger on one. And if you do, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And I should also bring up, we're done with the, the ad break, so don't worry about that. But also, we're covering all the Knicks news you need, but get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Again, that's the Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. Great place to find all your favorite podcasts, including all your favorite Locked On podcasts. So, Gavin, with with all that said, now that that's out of the way, uh, I think it's time for our, our favorite segment. Um, do you want to be the first one to talk about Alfred Payton, or should I be the one to talk about Alfred Payton? At the you're, you're like asking um, who should be the first one to step into the medieval torture device. Um, but <laughs> but I, 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 I mean, I'll, not I'll, this time, not this time. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, 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 pain dies hard. Sorry, Alfred. But uh, he was he was he was really good in this game. Uh, nine for twelve from the field. Two for four from the foul line, uh, 20 points. Team high, this is the single rarest statistic for him on the year. And, and and what tells you that this game was different than a lot of prior games this year where he nominally had good shooting games, but it didn't really translate into anything beneficial for the Knicks. Um, I can't remember if I actually said it or not. A team high plus 27 for Alfred Payton. Uh, that's, that's the money number in 27 minutes. So the Knicks are winning um, by a point every minute. He was on the court. Pretty awesome. And it, it, it reflected, or, or that number reflects the eye test, at least on my end, Alex, just getting to the basket with a plum. Is it a plum, a plume? I don't know. Um, but he, he was a getting plum. to the basket. You got it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, he was getting to the basket pretty easily. Um, had this gorgeous Euro in the first half. It was like this little little sidestep right around the basket. I, I can't remember. It's it's one of one of the brainy guys on Nick's Twitter, whether it was a, a last show's guest, Stacey Patton or, or Benji Ritholtz or Dallas Amico, but I know one of them is always calling for Elf to have a little bit more diversity around the rim and saying a Euro would really help him. Like he cracked it out tonight. Um it was his tenth point of the first half. He had this really smart play um on Andre Drummond where as he was going up, he he sort of hooked his off arm around Drummond's um bicep 
or, or, or maybe his elbow and, and got the and one. And it's, it's a trick James Harden or uses like a variety of that quite a bit. So that was a nice little play. I'm um, at another one where I mean maybe maybe this is is a testimonial to my to my general um, distaste for his game that I'm just calling out all, all the little gamesmanship things he did uh, rather than skill plays. But he had another one where he just kind of banged into Marquise Morris and he, and he clearly like initiated all the contact like not that he extended the elbow but he put the arm bar up made contact with Marquise put in a floater got an and one off of that and, and then to me the the biggest play of the game was that little drive and lay he had to to stem a Lakers run where the Lakers cut it all the way down to five in the fourth quarter when the Knicks had at one point had a double digit lead, got it to 92, 87. He drives 94, 87 from that point forward. The Lakers do not threaten again. So it, it felt like Alex, at least to me, his buckets came at crucial moments and maybe more importantly than anything else, he really played into his strengths in this game and, and granted some nights that's just not plausible for him. These teams really, um, really try and force him to just shoot from three and, and um, bulk up the extent of their defense to focus attention on Randall. But tonight, as you noted, they, it was a lot of single coverage on, on Julius and that that simultaneously allowed Elf to just go one-on-one because no one was doubling off of him and, and he worked it to perfection. Yeah, and one really smart development to come out of this game was Nerland's Noel being the passer and Alfred Payton being the guy finishing at the rim a number of times. Like they connected on that two or maybe three times. There's at least two that I remember uh, where there were just two really great ball movement sequences where ultimately Noel ended up with the ball sort of under the hoop. And I mean, on one of them in particular, he had this beautiful like wraparound pass to Elf who was inside and he sort of like absorbed the contact from, I think it was Andre Drummond on that one. Someone much larger than him. Uh, absorbed the contact and kind of you know found his way uh, to finish for the the bucket on the inside there and like elf is actually pretty good at that um for a point guard you know it's not something you would expect but he's pretty good at like getting the ball corralling it creating enough space for himself below the hoop and then finding a way to just get it up where it needs to go to get into the hoop and it, you know he pulled that off with perfection on that play uh, he also made some nice cuts in this game. I thought that that was a welcome change from like, I would rather see rather than him standing on the perimeter waiting for the ball to jack up a three pointer that we can say with confidence, there's an 80% chance won't go in. He instead, uh, you know, was making cuts to the hoop in this game and trying to, you know, generate offense that way. And, was finishing through contact and all this other stuff. I mean, he was to your point too. It, it, the gamesmanship was sort of part of what made him better in this game in that he sought contact more. Whereas most of the time, what, what gets me so frustrated is that he'll, you know, try to break down the defense, then try to get inside and he'll just kind of run into these guys that are standing like a brick wall, but not do anything to try to bait them into contact. He'll just kind of like, charge into them and it's almost like it's almost like in the movies or whatever when you see someone like uh it, you know they're, they're in a usually in a comedy it'll be one of those situations where they have to break a door down for some reason they go oh i see this in the movies all the time and they go to bust down the door and like like just comically fly off of it and it does nothing to the door but the person gets all beat up that's sort of how it goes with alfred normally he just kind of like barrels into the paint and just throws himself at somebody and doesn't really 
actually try to draw contact on his his shooting motion, which he did in this game, and it and it was to great effect. I mean, he he ended up with uh, how many four free throws? Only made two of them, but I mean that's an improvement. Him getting to the free throw line, period, and then just nine to twelve shooting in general was really good for him. And it, it to your point, it didn't feel fluky at all. So I, I really liked how he played. And this is just another one of those games. I mean, there's been a few of them this season where I say, like, if this is how he played every game, nobody would really complain. But the big issue is that he can never seem to put these type of games together, you know, even two in a row. It's always, you know, he has a sort of quote-unquote breakout game like this, and then, you know, the next game he's back to – you know, turning it over a ton, not looking for people, tunnel visioning, tunnel visioning, um, all this other stuff. So it, it's all just, again, going to be like a, how does he respond to this game uh, sort of scenario where we see how he's going to end up, you know, doing in the next game and the game after that, maybe for the whole rest of this week. And also if this is going to buy him a ton of leash from Tibbs again, and make it so that even if he does not play super well, that he's not really going to be, uh, I guess, punished for it going forward. It's 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 sort of been the story of his Knicks career, and particularly this season, where I, I think what a lot of people forget is is I I mean like I I was pretty I, I critical might be the wrong word, but I wasn't thrilled when they re-signed him this offseason. and I, I think the big thing a lot of people are missing is like even compared to last year, he, he just has not been nearly as good for most of the season. I think tonight was actually closer to some of the games we, we've seen from him last season, maybe bereft of a little bit of the playmaking, but tonight tonight is not necessarily a night to critique Alfred Payton. So I'm going to go to the break. If you, if you want to bet, Alex, on more great nights for Alfred Payton, and, and we, we know there are some Knicks fans that are in love with him, you can do so on Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if this is a very big if. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts all right we are back third and final segment on locked on Knicks. if you want to get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's nba draft and why wouldn't you you can do so with the locked on nba draft podcast scouting reports draft rumors mock drafts and full coverage of march madness four days a week from credential draft experts follow the locked on nba draft podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts it's a-u-d-a-c-y app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Alex, we are back. Locked on Knicks. Big win for the Knicks over the Lakers. We talked about the two stars, Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, a lot of different areas we can go now. Um, R.J. Barrett coming off arguably the best run of his young NBA career. Had a downer of a game, 2 for 11 from the field, 3 for 4 from the charity stripe, 7 points, 3 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals. There were certainly some good moments in there, but um, a, a massive, massive struggle for him. Most of the night, we could go to someone like Taj Gibson, eight points, 10 boards, two steals, three blocks in just 17 minutes. It, it seems like he, he's Benjamin but, Benjamin buttoning in front of all of us, getting younger and younger by the day. Um, I, I kind of want to go over to Derek Rose, who I, I thought was just spectacular 
in the first half of this game. Didn't do much in the second um, because Elf was really rolling, but just played with so much energy. And it, it felt really, really contagious on that second unit. It had this really nice take to the rim um, where he he kind of did, it, it, was a, it wasn't the Rondo fake where he, he pulls the ball all the way back, but it was a similar sleight of hand where he, where he sort of like got into the lane and then extended it forward. The big, I can't quite remember who it was, maybe Drummond, totally bit on it, um, got a layup off of it. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was torching him a little bit on the other end, but then he came back with a vengeance, had an in and out that like broke Taylor Horton Tucker's uh, ankles. One of my favorite plays of the whole game was, was Obi um, got caught on the perimeter with Alex Caruso. And, and not that, not that Alex Caruso is the most threatening on ball player in the world, but Obi defensively um, open floor, a lot of ground to cover, not necessarily the best situation, even if he's been better than you would have thought in those situations this year. Um, so, so Rose kind of stunts towards um, Caruso and, and immediately baits Caruso into swing into the corner of Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore is like, sweet, I got a bunch of room. Rises up. Oh, no. Derek Rose flies in, swats that crap out of bounds, says get out of here. Um, also had another nice elbow jumper. Just, just a picture-perfect first half from Derek Rose, Alex. I, I would almost call it vintage because it, it feels like he hasn't had a game like this in a little bit. So much energy. Um, and, and I think it really sparked the Knicks to, to take control of this game in that second quarter. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I, I think it's been kind of uncanny the, the amount, you know, you noted that, that blocked three pointer that he had, he's been hitting a lot of those lately. Has he not? Like, is it just me? I, I feel like he's getting almost one of those every game now, like, or every other game he's like channeling Mitchell Robinson's energy from the bench right now or something. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there, but he's he's been so active on defense and with closing out on shooters, especially where he's been surprising some guys like that and being able to block their shots uh, on the perimeter, which I, I don't think was ever his game. Uh, I, I don't even think back in the day that he had like Dwayne Wade-esque uh, shot blocking ability for a guard or anything. But, hey, you know, I'll take it. It's It's been a pretty cool development. And. Yeah, to your point, like he just he had the mid range game going. He he, my favorite was probably he had just this lightning quick uh, layup that he pulled off. I think in the third quarter, where he just uh, he was on the the right side um, of the three point line and had just his one man in front of him and just sort of did like a quick little little like hezzy step, I guess, and then just took off and. Uh, got right to the hoop and finished with his left hand. And it was just a beautiful little layup and, and one that made me feel, you know, a lot like it was how he used to play, which is just super duper fast. And I feel like he busts one or two of those out almost every single game. But I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I want to throw it, though, move the discussion to uh, Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel because I thought they were both really fantastic in this game. I was super worried that they were going to get really bullied by Andre Drummond in this game. And it was the exact opposite. I mean, they, they made Drummond's life hell in this game. Drummond's final stat line, three points, 10 rebounds, one steal, one block, four turnovers and four fouls, one of three shooting overall. I just, I I was blown away by how well they played him because we saw, I mean, different team, but same player. We've, you know, early in the season, <laughs> I thought we were done with Andre Drummond and I would have been happy to hear that we were because the Knicks faced the Cavs, whatever it was like two, two times in the preseason. And then 
they got all three of their meetings with the Cavs out of the way in the first like three weeks of the season, it felt like. And so we saw a lot of Andre Drummond early in the season and he was just a pest, you know, on both ends. He was like too big for Mitchell Robinson, which would then make you think, oh, he's going to he's going to be way too big for Nerland's Noel then because Noel is like a like a slim down version of Mitch in many ways. Um and, you know, he was he was abusing them on offense. He had a, a key steal in the one Knicks-Cavs game, which, you know, I, I would have liked to have, uh, you know, blocked out of my memory for the rest of the year. But, you know, he had that, which ultimately cost the Knicks that game. It, just a lot going on with him early in the season. And this game, total non-factor, just by the fact that Noel and Gibson, just no matter who the bigs were out there, no matter who the the little guys were out there. They were just, they put everybody in a torture chamber in this game. Like the paint was, and Julius Randle deserves some credit for this too. Cause he, I think he actually was playing rim protector. Like the tandem blocks between him and Taj Gibson lately have been kind of cool. It's like a, like some like wonder twins type stuff where they just like unify their minds and both <laughs> see the same thing happening at once and both go for the block. Usually I think Taj has been the one to actually get his hand on it, but they both affect the shot in a big way. Um, but at any rate, Taj and, and Noel just like made it their mission to make it so nobody could get inside, particularly in the third quarter when the Knicks won the quarter 26-16. And that was just kind of the the one that finally pushed things over the edge as far as the Knicks, uh, you know, gaining enough of an advantage to not ultimately blow it in the fourth quarter when I, I think they let the Lakers get as close as five. Uh, before finally, you know, Randall kind of put his foot on the gas and put them away. But yeah, uh, Nerlens Noel, six points, nine rebounds, four steals, two blocks. And Taj Gibson, eight points, 10 rebounds, two steals, three blocks. So 11 stocks between the two of those guys. And they were not cheap stats. They were not like just, you know, whatever. And even more impressive for Taj, who did all that in 17 minutes, just in crazy, crazy, Herculean effort from him uh, in this game. And as you said, maybe he's got some, I don't know, Benjamin Button stuff going on where he's just like aging in reverse and getting better the older he gets. Cause I swear he's way, maybe it's just the Tibbs effect, but he's way better this year than he even was last year with the Knicks. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, some new nutritional supplement. Maybe, maybe he's on a, he's on all beyond meat diet. I, I don't, I don't know, Alex. It's, it's, it, maybe it's Balco. I mean, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> could, could be, I mean, I mean the, the, the golden bee built bar, who, who knows, who knows, but it, it, I wonder if I, I'm almost, I mean, probably someone has asked him and he just gave kind of a nondescript answer. So it didn't blow up or anything, but someone should ask him because he really like, you can't under it. He's so much better. He, he looks like a different human being than he was last year for anyone who's uh i'm trying to remember the name of the show but there's a netflix show where paul rudd um clones himself and it's like some futuristic cloning place and they try to uh spoilers the the place attempts to kill the original paul rudd and then he like wakes up in a ditch and he's like guys what the heck why would you do that and they were like well what what do you mean we 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 made we made a better version of you oh and, and to clarify he didn't know that going in that that was the plan but anyways it feels like Taj Gibson might have accidentally stumbled into that process sidetrack aside um i want to talk about Emmanuel quickly really quick um because he well i i, I did it again i thought we were past that um he did not have a great game uh 5 points no assists no boards 15 minutes 2 of 6 relatively limited impact but 
I, I still I like the way he's moving, and and, and maybe this feels like we're giving IQ leeway that I maybe don't give guys like Obi and like anyone else on the team when, when they don't play well. So apologies for that for that obvious bias, but um, I, I just thought he did a really good job separating from Alex Caruso when Caruso was guarding him. Um, had had that nice little floater to get his first point, and, and then the play of the game from him was absolutely toasted Caruso. Uh, because like on the first or, or earlier in the game, he used the sidestep on, on Caruso to um, to get open for a three. And, and then the next time Caruso was on him, um, sidestep again, but this time like little little pause, like like a hezzy dribble, and it absolutely froze Caruso, who maybe is not one of like the two or three best perimeter defenders in the NBA, but he he's really really good on that in the floor. Completely sped by him and one floater. It was just a really nice moment. Really nice play. Um, and again, for IQ, you, you have confidence that eventually the shots are going to fall. I know they did against Memphis, um, but I, I'm just I'm still just kind of sitting and waiting for him to get hot again. And, and I mean, he he's sworn up and down in interviews that it's, it's not a case of the rookie wall. Um, but it, it, it is weird that he's not hitting shots because athletically, like sometimes you look for like, all right, the guy's jumping that well. Clearly, he's like a nagging like ankle or hamstring. Athletically, he looks really good right now. So maybe it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think he's, I, I think it is the rookie wall, whether he wants to say it or not. It's the rookie wall. I mean, and it's okay to say that. Every player hits it. I, I'm surprised it took him this long to hit it. To be completely honest, because he's played in most of the games this year. I already noted this. Like, I, I won't, you know, bang this drum again because I already noted this at, at one point this year. But like, he's played in 49 games this year now. You know, so that's that's probably conservatively 17 to 18 more than he's ever played. I, I'm trying to think how deep uh, one of his Kentucky teams got. I don't know that they ever – did they ever get to the championship? They didn't, right, or anywhere close to it? No, well, because they, they didn't even get the tournament his second year. And, and That's right. Year. And then the first year was – I think they lost pretty early, but maybe. I yeah, I think, they, I think they lost somewhat early too. So, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, he's – there's, you know – he's played a lot more games than he's ever played to this point in his career. So it's understandable if, you know, his body's just sort of tired, you know, I think that is what happens. And to your point, I think physically he'll look fine, but it's not stuff like he's injured where he's going to be, you know, hampered where you'd see him visibly limping or something. It's just like you, you see it with, with guys that have been in the league for a couple years. Like when you see Kevin Knox show up to camp, like totally jacked up, you know, and then that kind of wears off throughout the season when you see, you know, R.J. Barrett looking more cut when he first gets to camp. And then it kind of goes away over the course of the season. And you just kind of let that like buff muscle that you built turn into functional muscle as the season goes on. But all that work you put in while, you know, some of the definition goes away, the strength stays there. I think quickly has just got to go through a, a really good NBA offseason conditioning program. I mean, of of all the years too, this is the year when I would expect rookies to most hit the rookie wall because they didn't even get a normal off season. I mean, he got drafted and was in camp like two weeks later. Um, so, you know, there was just no time to really get him physically ready for this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if this kind of continues where he's sort of, you know, on again, off again through the end of the year, because it can, it, he just isn't NBA conditioned yet. He's a rookie and, you know, he's, a pretty lithe rookie at that, you know, he, he isn't built like a tank, you know, to like really uh, deal with this sort of extra strain on his body from playing so much more throughout the season. 
And so I think we're going to see some ups and downs from him. Um, that's not to say that I, I would discourage the idea of potentially starting him still, because I, I do think now, you know, you have two reasonable alternatives behind him on the bench, but I do think that the best idea would be to try to get him out there to start so that if he does have a really good night, you can capture that early and, you know, like maximize it, I guess. Um, but the, it, I just think that we should expect that there's going to be some ups and some downs for the rest of the year, just because we're officially past that point. But uh, we've also seen with other guys like, like Knox and RJ, you know, they hit, definitely hit the rookie wall around that same, you know, 35-ish game mark through about their 50th or so games. And then they sort of picked it up through the end of the year, too. So maybe, you know, quickly we'll get his second win, so to speak, and, and he'll close the season out really strong, which would be awesome because it looks like the Knicks are probably going to make the playoffs this year, in which case you could have quickly potentially hitting his stride right around the most important time of the year, so. It'll be interesting to see, but I, I do think he has hit the rookie wall, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think literally like 90% of all NBA players hit the rookie wall their first year, which is why we even talk about the rookie wall. So it's it's not too concerning to me. Yeah, and I think it's, I, I mean, this this could be the, the note we wrap up on to, to circle back to RJ. I think it's interesting that his really poor night came on Alfred Payton's really good night, and we, we, we've talked about the lack of synergy between those two for a while. I mean, I, I think we cited it a couple episodes back, that stat that Schwinn tweeted out about how Elf has somehow managed to only assist RJ something like 18 times all season, even though they played somewhere close to, I, I don't know, definitely not a thousand minutes together, but but a, a really, really high amount of minutes together. Um, and I mean, tonight, it I, I don't know how much that passes the smell test. I mean, RJ just couldn't really, like he missed all four of his threes after being scalding hot from there for the last month to two months um, around the basket. He was stripped three different times going to the rim. I, I still thought he had some, some decent moments in, in this one. Like even, even going all the way um, to the end of the game, um, he, he had like a nice little drive and like he threw that um, one handed, um, hook pass, though this time as a bouncer instead of over the top, which is what he usually does into the corner to Bullock. That was a really good read. Uh, w- my favorite read from him this game, and th- I just thought this was like, and, and th- this shows that even on nights like where the shot isn't working for RJ or like maybe he's, he's not getting up as well as he possibly could or for whatever reason not having a good game, um, the IQ doesn't go away, like puts a guy in booty jail um, and then kind of gives just a little head fake while keeping a live dribble, which is, I mean, for someone who's not crazy explosive, that, that change of pace and, and that that uh, trickery is, is, is really, really crucial. And, and Montrez Harold just completely bit on it. And, and then he, he threw a little bouncer at Taj, who was wide open. Someone screamed, jam that. Can I say it? Shit. I'm gonna just going to do it. Jam that shit. Um, I think it might have been RJ, which, which is awesome if it was. Um, and and Taj, Taj did just that, jammed it home. Really good play. So, so still some good moments from RJ in this one, but we've seen the stats over and over again. He's consistently at his worst with Alfred Payton on the floor, and and the splits um, in terms of how his shooting percentages change when when Elf is subbed out for either D Rose or IQ are are pretty nuts, and it, it just it gives you an idea of, of those two not being really synergistic. And and again, uh, I hate to say this on a night when Elf plays well, uh, but um, it, it'll, it'll be fascinating next season if Elf isn't on the team, what RJ looks like over the course of a full season, not having that 
um, I, I not even I'm not even going to say black hole, but literally someone on the court that other teams for stretches don't have to guard and don't have to focus on. Um, I think we could see RJ. I mean, for for all the people who just cite his, his raw shooting numbers, I mean, and not taking into account obviously that his three point shot has gotten a lot better, but just his raw shooting numbers um, across the board for the entire season. Um, I think they're missing out on the fact that that elf, I mean, like, like a rock dragging you to the bottom of the ocean, uh, really, really, really pulls that down. And I would, I'd be fascinated to see. And I, I think in terms of true shooting percentages, assuming his recent three-point hot streak is for real, we could see as soon as next season, RJ at the young, young age of, I mean, what will it be next season? 22, um, 21. Um, he, he's going to be absolutely ready to ascend in terms of efficiency. Yeah, I'm with you, Gavin, and I, I agree. I think this is good note as any to end on. So this has been this edition of Locked on Knicks. And like we said, we'll, we'll promote it again. Uh, Fan Friday coming up this Thursday again at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time on the Locker Room app. So definitely keep your ears out for that. We'll make sure to tweet it out uh, before then and that night, too, just to make sure everybody's informed. But uh, until next time. Knicks three-game win streak. Let's see if we can get four games on Wednesday night. This has been Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw, and we will talk to you all soon. Peace out.